This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. everybody pew, 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 pew. it's the colleen and bradley show on my talk 1071 streaming live at mytalk1071.com everything entertainment hey colleen lindstrom bradley trainer what up kids and um there's been some new developments oh, at yeah. the talk let's, oh, let's get up to speed it. let's talk about it oh, i could go for a taco um mm. What is a taco? What is a taco? Well, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the fact that the talk, CBS's uh, signature opinion program, daytime, uh, is remaining on hiatus. Uh, until Biatus. I see what you did there again. So it's basically old. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Through next Tuesday, work on some better material, Colleen, in the meantime. You have until next Tuesday to work on better Great. material because the talk is on hiatus until then. This extends the original hiatus that CBS put on their panel series because drama. Mm-hmm. Dot, dot, dot. And we we can talk about why that is. I just wanted to give you the heads up that that's happening. So if you are a fan of the talk, although are who are you? you? Like, call us. I'd yeah, because I would like to hear what your actual opinions are. Um, but now, so now we know they're on hiatus, but I would like to talk about in part why I think they're on hiatus. So in addition to the fact that there's a lot of drama between the participants of the panel, there's also an investigation underway by CBS uh, into um, concerns um, brought up by one of the hosts and actually staff. So there's there's an investigation, there's personal drama, and... It's interesting because it's like all kind of it's connected, but not entirely connected. Meaning mm-hmm. that it was all sort of um, brought on by the interaction on the air having to do with Piers Morgan and Sharon Osbourne's support of said human being. Yeah. And then it sort of trickled out to a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so it's kind of confusing to keep track of, but it is important to know that there are actual, um, there are sturdy allegations that well, are allowing for this to happen. Well, and you begin to understand why people may feel like there is a problem on the set of the yeah. show when you uh, read, as I did, an exclusive uh, newsletter from Yashara Lee, 
who, and many of you have probably now heard these headlines, that Sharon Osbourne previously has referred to people with racial slurs on a regular, well, I don't want to say on a regular basis, but on multiple occasions has referred to people like Julie Chen, for example, using um, uh, Asian stereotypes Mm -hmm. and referring to Sarah Gilbert. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost said Michelle Geller. Wrong show. Same era. Wrong Sarah. Same era. Right, true. Um, Sarah with some lesbian slurs, like, and just some really inappropriate language in the context of work, right? Right. So, like, you begin to understand why that investigation was necessary. And when I first saw this story that she had said these things, and I, the part of Yashar Ali's who has reported on issues like this before, and he's reported specifically on Sharon Osbourne before, that like he had a bunch of sources who told him these things. I was like, okay, well, people can say things off the record, right. and you can take them at their word or not, right? Because they're not actually attaching their name to the that to those stories, and that might be for a very legitimate reason, or they're not telling the truth. Right. However... In this case, we know specifically uh, relating to some of those slurs, they are attached to not an anonymous source, but none other than Leah Remini. Interesting. And Leah Remini, the thing we know about her is... She speaks some truths (laughs) and hard ones. She does not mess around. No, she does not suffer fools. No. And so if you go through and read um, Yashar Ali's... uh, Substack, you will see that according to Leah Remini, Osborne used these slurs in the context of their work. And um, all I wanted to say about that really was if Leah Remini is going to put her name behind it, and she actually owns it in, in a way, she or not in a way, she does own it straight up. She says, I was there when Sharon Osborne spoke this way, and I did nothing, and I am responsible for that. For, for not doing anything, or I should be held accountable for that, and I am apologizing for that, and I think that that was wrong, right? So, like, when I mean, somebody that is in willing... that in itself is, like, a very important part of this story. It's a level of awareness that speaks to her credibility. Like, right. I don't feel like she's making that up. When no. When it makes her look bad. When she says, I, I also am implicated in this by virtue of the fact that I did not stick up for... Um, for myself and my coworkers who were the subject of these slurs. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. So, so I think that tells us why the show is probably like, okay, so now this story is developing. Mm-hmm. And before we make a decision, we're going to let some things play out. I imagine, anyway, if you're an executive, you're sitting there going, I don't know that we should make a decision right now because you don't know what headlines are about to come out. You don't know what other stories are about to surface. And mm-hmm. you don't want to make, if you're an executive, the decision, you know, prematurely that you end up looking like you've got egg on your face because you didn't wait for all the facts to be out. Right. There, right. Right. So they're doing their due diligence. They're taking a breather, which is, you know, a a good thing to do when you're feeling a little overly uh, exhausted and stressed. Um, They're taking a little breather, taking a little time away and uh, doing their due diligence, which is all a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I just want to go back very quickly to Leah Remini and Mm -hmm. her and the fact, you know, first of all, one thing we know about Leah Remini due to the fact that she has a an Emmy award winning 
program where she exposes the evils of the Church of Scientology and the way that it uh, destroyed many people's lives. She's not somebody who's afraid to go toward the burning building and expose why it set on fire. Um, This is definitely uh, on brand for her. But also, like, like you pointed out, Bradley shows such an enormous amount of growth and uh, willingness to do some of the hard work around the conversations that we should be having as a nation right now (laughs) um, to be able to see her own role in that. So it's not hard. Well, it's not as big and scary as everybody wants it to be. Here's the thing. No, I have certainly said things in the past that are horrible. And can acknowledge that. And, um, you know, those things have been racist, culturally insensitive, things that I didn't even have an awareness of. And this is the mistake I think people like Sharon Osbourne and a lot of other people, Piers Morgan, and I'm I'm just throwing him in because... Well, etc. I mean, it's it's not just celebrities, it's people in the world. Um... The mistake we make is thinking like, oh, I didn't have a bad intention, so I'm not this thing. Or I didn't say something racist because I didn't mean it in a racist way. That's not how racism works. Mm-hmm. I think most, uh, I think all white people have been given an opportunity to see some things differently. Um, and you can, det- and, and I'm speaking right now about people in a public role, people like Sharon Osbourne. And you have been given an opportunity to do the right thing. And she has been given the opportunity to do the right thing in this moment, to correct mm-hmm. previous behavior um, or to account for it, and has chosen not to, and in fact is defiant in the face of that. And yeah. so I wanted to get to that, too, because there's this whole thing we talked about yesterday with Sharon Osborne and how um, we came to the conclusion, like, I think she was just, well, she, you know, she said separate from this story about the racial insensitivity and the racial slurs that she used. Mm -hmm. The, the drama she found herself surrounded by came as a direct result of her being lazy and not being prepared for her job and then throwing her colleagues of color under the bus and claiming that she instead was the victim, right? Which tells you like, again, there's a moment right now where she could see that, and mm-hmm. she's choosing not to see that. Mm-hmm. And this dub was doubled down on by another interview that Sharon did, uh, or I should say one of the only interviews she's done since this moment happened with Entertainment Tonight. It's a real good show. And Holly, we have a clip. And if we can take, I put a little timestamp there. Um, if we have the ability to listen to about, I don't know, what is that, 20 some seconds? Mm-hmm. This is just a little clip of like a six-minute interview we that she did, which we can talk about um, at length. But this gets to the whole notion that she showed up for work unprepared. Wednesday, I arrived at the studio late. One of our showrunners was going up the stairs. She said, do you want to um, clear up the peers thing again? I said, hey, if you want me to, I will. Then at eight minutes to 11... Our showrunner says, how do you feel about maybe one of them doesn't agree with you? And I said, well, that's all right, too. Okay, thanks. Sharon said... And and so then she goes on to say she was, you know, she did her whole lead to the slaughter thing. Yeah, whatever. You started this conversation by Mm -hmm. telling us you arrived to work late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and you relied on other people to tell you what to do. And then there's a whole piece in there where uh, she is... I'm sorry, I'm hearing something in the background. There's a whole piece in there where um, she talks about how her co-hosts had questions on a card and how, you know, and so she was set up. Oh, because they, they arrived pre- to work they prepared. prepared. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the implication is because women of color showed up for work yeah. and had a qu- had a question for her she couldn't answer because she was late. Because she wasn't ready. Because that she, she wasn't... was being set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't feel like someone who's willing to see the moment right. for what it is. Right as an opportunity for her to grow and to learn and to not make this a personal, um, you know, a personal attack. There's, you know, what is really interesting to me is there's a lot of focus on the words that she's saying. I am not a racist. I have never been racist. I am not racist as though racist is the worst thing she could be. But the truth is the worst thing she could be or do are the behaviors that led to the reason that people are calling her a racist. Yeah. Which is... Well, and don't get up, hung up on the word. That's the problem, yeah. though, is everybody's hung up on the word and yeah. not on the behaviors. Well, there's a very specific type of person, right. I think, that continues to be hung up by that word and becomes defensive in the face of that word. Mm-hmm. And um, Sharon Osbourne is one of those people. Yes. And it's it's unfortunate for somebody who has so much privilege and so much... who has benefited so much... Mm-hmm. Because from the place is, that she works to to think in this moment yeah. that she is a victim. This is an opportunity, and this is an opportunity to shut your mouth <laughs> and listen. She now, I will say, she does later in this interview on uh, Entertainment Tonight talk about how she feels horrible and she reached out and blah blah blah. So you know, whatever. There, just, the there's fa- work. The there's fact work to that be done. she's still not aware of what precipitated the problem, hopefully. Uh, she will have the opportunity to do that, although I don't think that the future of the show is in any way um, mm-hmm. a done deal. Um, it's on liatus. Okay. What? No, sorry. That liatus? I just I was, was trying biatus. to do my hiatus joke again, but it wasn't. <laughs> More like lowatus. After this, <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Reese will be bringing all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. The one and only Elizabeth Reese is here, and she's brought all the dirt straight from Hollywood. Uh, it's a dirt alert. On St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. I was going to make a joke about how the two of you were talking about bread in the break. <laughs> yeah, well, we were. We were, we were discussing our sourdough. Um, you know. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash BTPod50 and use code BTPod50 to get 50% off. That's code BTPod50 at Factormeals.com slash BTPod50 to get 50% off. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's a journey, an amazing journey. It's been the most dramatic season ever. Of <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> Absolutely for sure. true. Um, okay, I've got all sorts of dirt to get to. I want to talk about Demi Lovato. So I haven't watched this Dancing with the Devil yet, but I, I think am, I'm going to try to watch it tonight. Are you? Yeah. I would like to as well. I think I'm going to do the same. Um, so there are a lot of revelations about Demi Lovato and particularly her overdose that nearly led to her death in this documentary. And it's a YouTube docu-series, so that's where you can watch it. And it's interesting. She says in this docuseries that she thought um, that if she avoided syringes and she wasn't injecting heroin, she was instead smoking it, that that would be safer and she would avoid an overdose. Mm. So misinformation about heroin, guys. Well, and that sounds familiar uh, from... Uh, Other an things? addict's perspective in the sense that like you, you tell do a lot of a bargaining like yeah. if I'm only drinking at this time <laughs> there's yeah. nothing wrong or I don't yeah I don't drink uh, brown liquor right because it you know makes me so that's not great but yeah. the other kinds are okay mm-hmm. yeah you kind of make deals with yourself about these sorts of things um, she overdosed in July of 2018 while smoking heroin and also ingested fentanyl laced oxycodone uh, she said I'm not saying that I have not used needles, but the night of my overdose, I wasn't injecting it. She said I was smoking it, which is another reason why I was so shocked when I woke up in the hospital, because I was like, no, I'm not injecting it. I can't overdose on it. Yikes. The drugs had been supplied by a dealer. She also says that dealer sexually assaulted her that night. Um, Her former assistant discovered her the morning of the overdose in bed, naked, and her body was completely blue. Wow. Can you imagine how traumatizing that would be? Wow. Yeah. She woke up in the hospital legally blind, still has blind spots in her vision. She can't drive because of this. We're talking about Demi Lovato. And she sustained brain damage from the three strokes she suffered Ugh. while unconscious. You know, I, I now I haven't watched this yet. I but I would imagine that, you know, for young fans of Demi Lovato, I mean, isn't it your worst fear that your children will use drugs, particularly heroin. Mm. This is like the stuff that keeps me up at night, especially after I watched the movie Beautiful Boy starring Mm -hmm. Steve Carell. Oh, that one is a heart-wrenching. My husband watched it on a plane and like sobbed hysterically on the actual plane. That's not airplane watching. It was not a great... That's private room watching. I mean, he was like deep breathing, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. because, and we just had a a baby boy and I think that led to it. But um, to really have honest conversations about what drug abuse leads to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or how famous you are. Well, it doesn't discriminate. And I will say, I do just want to say about, um, I haven't, like I said, I have not watched the documentary yet uh, about Demi Lovato. But what I did see in the trailer, there was a pretty significant trailer. I mean, I want to say it was like a two minute long trailer. Mm -hmm. And in it, you see them having a conversation about what conversations they're going to have. Right. And at one point she says, 
I'm just going to tell you everything and we can decide later what we want to take out. And then there are people who are close to her that say, are we going to say the words like heroin? So you do really get the impression that there was that there is a culture of, of covering for the true stories yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. But also that she is busting through that culture mm-hmm. and saying this, in order to tell my story, I have to tell the whole I story. I got to tell the story. Mm-hmm. It can't be sugarcoated no. or turned into some like little glamorous thing. Right. Way to go, Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. JLo and Alex Rodriguez are willing to do whatever it takes to stay together. Is what a source is telling People Magazine. Let us know when it works. They were doing everything to begin with. (laughs) They reunited in the Dominican Republic on Sunday. I love when I tell you guys stuff. It's the best. (laughs) And uh, they, so she's there filming her upcoming romantic comedy shotgun wedding. They're trying to work through their issues. He flew there. She was excited to see him in person. They want to spend time in person to figure out their life together. This is a lot of doo-doo. Yeah. Um, I also saw that they were doing it for the children. Yeah, yeah. They're children. They really didn't realize how it would affect the children. <laughs> I know. Okay. But at some point between Friday and Saturday, they figured that out. Right. right. They figured that out because Friday it was, we're over. Saturday, not quite. Sunday, so fly weird. to the Dominican. So weird. Listen, and upward. maybe she'll write a song about Alex Rodriguez, like the Aww. terrible song maybe Dear maybe Ben, it's... which was about Ben Affleck yeah. on one of JLo's albums, will go down in history as one of the worst songs ever recorded and um, any opportunity to mention it, I take. I love it. <laughs> and I'm going to leave you on that note <laughs> because Reese. that's my exit music. Thank you for that dirt alert. <laughs> I Thank also you. think it's adorable that you think that JLo writes her own songs. Yes, or sings them. <laughs> yeah. So, but you but know, me, that's whatever, a separate whatever conversation. Whatever fantasy land you want to live. Thank we'll you, there. Elizabeth. <laughs> when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to solve some pop culture mysteries in the form of blind items that Holly's bringing for us after this on My Talk 1071. How are you doing over there, trainer? How are you doing? I big feelings today on the Colleen and Bradley show. She's got feelings in the break, you guys. My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley, trainer. It's the Eagles, right? What are they crowning? No, pipping. Crowning? You guys, I'm watching Eagle Cam. Let me just, I'm going to pull back the curtain before we get to the blind items. And we're going to solve some celebrity Ah. mysteries. But first, I just want you to know... I'm watching Eagle Cam because that's what I do with my time because I like positive things that result in, um, you know, wonderful feelings about nature. And Bradley Trainer was like, what if somebody just came and sawed down that tree? And then he started playing chainsaw noises. So that's what's happening here on the Colleen and Bradley We're show. We're 12 years old in this business. Yeah, we are. Uh, speaking of this business, right now our business is solving pop culture <laughs> mysteries, and we do that in the form of blind items, which Bradley is going to, <laughs> I mean, to I think, listen to. Let's step in. Well, do it, sure. it. There we go. Let's step into it. Right. Here's some celebrity gossip mysteries. I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm really disappointed in NT Lawyer today. Fun. Because, you know, sometimes they're really hot and juicy and sometimes they're just, you know, duds. Duds. <laughs> you got the dud. Well, some of these are okay. Let's try. Okay. When this former A-list singer would hit the stage at her residency, she was probably down to A-minus list. Every night while she was on stage, her husband would be having sex with the sister <gasps> of the singer. Ew. 
Ooh. Former A-list singer who had hit the stage for her residency. And she was, at the time that she did a residency, she was probably A-minus list. Yeah. Aren't they all, by the time they hit their residency? really. Christina? I don't know if she has a sister. But good guess, so we'll give it a ding, because there is no clear answer here. Well, Um, let me work on that. All right. Does Christina Aguilera have a sister? Because obviously my first, first, uh, the first name that came to mind was Brittany, but... That doesn't really make any sense, even though she does have a sister, because mm-hmm. Enti Lawyer wouldn't describe her as a former A-list singer who was down to A-minus list. I don't feel like. No. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Christina Aguilera does have a little sister named Rachel. Okay, like, so there you go. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. By okay. little, you mean she's like an adult, though. Right. Okay. Not like she's two feet tall or like 13. No, I meant like 13. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not two feet tall. <laughs> All right, next. Oh, wait, are we, what other suggestions yeah, I, were I don't think we're done yet. Uh, it could have been anyone. A name that uh, came up was also Shania Twain, but I don't know if Shania Twain has oh. a sister. Oh. I mean, well, let me, hold on, let me Google that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm on it. Thank you. Uh, Shania Twain, sister. Uh, let's see. Well, also, it would have to be a husband. Did Christina have a husband? She has two sisters. Shania okay. does. Well, so that could also Jill make and Carrie Ann. Yeah. Now, with Christina, to your point, Bradley, good observation. Christina Aguilera is not married, but she has she is engaged to this guy, Matthew Rutler, and they've mm-hmm. been together for over a decade. And she has been married. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Just not while she was... Residencing? Residencing. Also correct. All right. Well. Cool. Sure. Stepping into those hot and fresh celebrity yeah. gossip mysteries this afternoon. All right, Colleen. Try to solve this one. This AA minus list mostly television actor who reached his peak about a decade ago is back full on with the booze. The other night, a paparazzo asked him about it when he was leaving a party with his girlfriend. It didn't go well. I, I don't know why I want to say uh, Matthew Perry. Mm, I thought that too. But I don't know that I would call him A-list. Okay. No, not Matthew Perry. Uh, there were photographs of this person leaving a party with his girlfriend published just this week mm. in some tabloid on the internet. I remember seeing them. Okay, good. Uh, that helps. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, is it like, um, what's his name? John oh, Ham. It's what's his name? <gasps> the Hamaconda. It is the Hamaconda. Uh, John Ham who reached his peak about a decade ago with Mad Men, is back full on with the booze. The other night, a paparazzo asked him about it when he was leaving a party with his girlfriend, and apparently that didn't go well. Oh, you know. What is he up to? He's really working a lot. That's what I was just thinking. I think he hangs out at comedy clubs. What? Because John Hamm is a big comedy guy. Like, he likes to be a fan of comedians. Yeah, and I think he's one... Okay, he's one of those people that goes to a comedy show and afterwards thinks he's super funny. And so he just tells a lot of one-liner jokes and everybody's like, dude, you're not as funny as the comedians you just saw. Well, and that goes... Biatus. (laughs) Speak you. (laughs) It comes full circle. Mm -hmm. John Hamm being one of those people that... We have an idea of who he is based off of the character that he played on television, Don right. Draper in Mad Men. And that is a myth. That is a character of fiction. John Hamm is a real person mm-hmm. who does stuff. 
he's a person who does. Stuff. I didn't know he, he apparently was in Top Gun, Maverick. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is in. That Top movie Gun. has not come out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in post-production. Mm-hmm. Uh, Invincible, a TV series that's also in post-production, a couple episodes. Okay. And he's filming something called Coroner Office. and So he's doing like little bits and things. It is interesting to me, though. Maybe it's one of those Hollywood things of like, now that I've done this big thing, mm-hmm. I need to go away for a while and make people want me and come back in something else. I don't know. What do I know? What do you know? <laughs> hey... Here's another celebrity gossip mystery for everyone to solve. Once the award show date was changed, for sure, the A-literate, A-A-minus-list model slash fake coder was going to make sure she was induced on that day. She actually had the baby a couple hours before the ceremony, but made sure that the announcement took place during the ceremony. Is that Emily Radajkowski? What's or is a f- that Gigi Hadid? What's or is f- that? Go ahead. A fake coder? Yes. Oh, that's um, Bella or uh, uh, Hannibal. Uh, Bella Hadid? Bella Hadid. Uh, no. no? Mm-hmm. I, I, I vaguely recall yes. a model who has a coding camp. Yes. yes. It's oh, Cla- Carly Kloss. Now think about why Carly Kloss would have done something like this. Oh, because of Taylor Swift. Yes. Duh. Duh. All right. Here, let's fill in the blank. So once the Grammy Award show date was changed, for sure, Carly Kloss was going to make sure she was induced on that day. Oh, my gosh. Carly Kloss actually had the baby a couple hours before the Grammys, but made sure that the announcement took place Ah. during the Grammys on Sunday night. Oh, my gosh. That is too much work. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. For a grudge. Come on. Too much effort to be that petty. Right? Oh. mm. No, being petty should be effortless. (laughs) If you're really good at it. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Just like water off of the duck's back. Exactly. Right? Okay. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Another celebrity gossip mystery. Uh. Oh, here we go. This former A-list tweener turned A-list adult singer is this close to getting a restraining order served on her by her long, long time on-again, off-again ex. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. Okay. Big yikes. A-list tweener turned A-list adult singer. Mm-hmm. Is it somebody we were just talking about? Mm-hmm. Is it Demi Lovato? Mm-hmm. Is it Wilmer Valderrama? Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh, I... Oh, okay. Oof. What's he up to? Well, he just got married. And had a baby. Yeah, and a, had a baby. Mm-hmm. Not like in the sense of like Junior starring Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> having a baby. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank for you that. for sharing because that was real. <laughs> just needed to clear the record. That was I smart. Thank it. you. Because uh-huh. <laughs> we're so dumb. <laughs> okay, fill in the blank. <laughs> All right, so. I'm a genus. Genus five. <laughs> I'm a genus five. Sounds like a name of a They razor. don't do that anymore, by the way. I checked. Oh, they, Trivial Pursuit, the On the box, game? they're not going to confuse you anymore. Oh, thank you. Thank God. They changed the box. They said that Colleen, she, she was getting too, too confused. <laughs> there was a thing we talked about yesterday. There was a thing on the Trivial Pursuit box that said genus. And I thought it said genius, and I said I wouldn't play it because it's for geniuses. Hour two of yesterday's podcast kicks off with that lovely conversation. This conversation is going to wrap up by filling in the blank on this Mm. blind item. Mm -hmm. So Demi Lovato 
is this close to getting a restraining order order served on her by her long, long on again, off again ex Wilmer Valderrama. Mm. Mm. Yikes! I'm ew. that makes me sad. Um, that makes me sad because I want her to be well, and it does. That just does not sound like well behavior. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. <laughs> Bradley, oh my gosh. I have a show that you haven't heard about yet that you are going to want to watch, okay. I think. All I'm right. pretty sure. And I know I'm actually even going to want to watch it. And what? so is Holly. It all has to do with cruises. We'll talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. On Pip Watch on the Big Bear Bald Eagle Cam. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. I will keep you uh, posted. Uh, there's two eggs. <laughs> and we're waiting for the baby good, eaglets good. to break I'm through. I'm so excited. No, you're not. Yeah, I am, actually. No. I love nature. I just can't look at baby animals because I get too sad. What? They're, why? They're, why? Because, because of nature. Because sometimes baby animals don't end up... Okay, so... Oh, I'm trying to stay in a positive I know, headspace. I know, I know. Um, but that's not why we came here. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey! And I do highly recommend uh, the Big Bear Bald Eagle Cam if you are into that. But that's not the thing that I want to recommend. Bradley, there's a show that you are going to be so excited about, I think. Okay. Okay, first of all, it's called The Last Cruise. So it is about a cruise ship. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I'm all in because I don't know if you know this. We haven't been able to do that at well, all. I don't know that you're going to want to watch this with like a like a wistful I miss cruises oh, eye. No. Oh, no. So it's like... Because this is actually a um, like a documentary okay. about the yeah. Diamond Princess. Oh, that is that fateful cruise yes. where the coronavirus started spreading. Exactly. I mean, one of many. It wasn't just the only but one. But this was like the big one. I mean, this is the one that we were really following, yeah. um, especially because we had uh, family members of listeners who were quarantining yes. on yes. that cruise ship. Who we talked to. We talked to oh them regularly. God. That's a year ago. I know. Isn't that crazy? So this. So here's how that story went. Um, this, this was a cruise in uh that departed from yokohama japan it was supposed to be a 16-day tour through asia but it ended up being a longer than 16-day tour yeah um what ended up happening is covid19 
spread throughout the ship, infecting 712 people. It at at you know by the end of its sort of time, it killed 14 passengers. Wow. No crew members. The people were quarantined on the ship for weeks. And when we say quarantined on the ship, I don't mean that they got to like hang out on the crew. Now, this is the do you remember this, Bradley? Before this all played all the way out, we were like, you were like, well, where's the best place to be quarantined on a ship? Obviously, right? right? Yeah. Because in your mind, it was like we in everybody's mind. And this is like, this is to me tells the tale of what the last year has been like for us. Yeah. And this is sort of like a, mi- a microcosm of that, right? Yeah. That we thought it would be so adorable to have a two-week vacation while we got this virus under control. Yeah. And here we are a year later. Yeah. Oh, Like I mean, we never imagined. There were so many moments leading up to that we were just like, oh gosh, how are we going to be locked down for two weeks and your kids are not going to go to school for two whole weeks? What are you going to do? And a year later. Oh my God. Little did we know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is it is a fascinating you, story. It also led to several arguments in my home about the cruise that we were supposed to go on in March. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. So anyway, this so this this documentary uh, will tell the story of the th- the 37 hundred people that were on the diamond princess with their own footage and what that must have been like etc awesome. right i hope it's fair i hope it's not just like one of those like uh, australian 60 minutes packages where they just like make everything look like it's you know no the it doesn't end of the world it doesn't look not like that it. there wasn't actual you know like trauma pain right etc but that it will give a a uh a true picture, a you true will depiction. See it from the eyes of the people who are on the ship, okay. who are looking off into the distance and saying, "Are those men in hazmat suits that are coming in?" Oh, like having no idea what was going on. Yeah. By the way, that show that will debut on HBO Max on March thirtieth. Okay. I'll okay. Be there. So, Bradley, though, mm. let's talk. But let's talk about because sometimes I think I think we're at this stage in the pandemic where we like look back on the events of the last year, specifically at the very beginning, and we have these moments between the three of us where we go oh how cute remember how cute it was the day that we learned that we had to stay six feet away and the three of us walked around with bats to make sure that we were always six feet apart prior to ever having obtained a face mask yeah remember when you scoured your hands raw for oh yeah days but bradley you were poised and ready to go on your big spring break we we were arguing my partner and i jamie about like he was wanted to be nowhere near it um he wanted absolutely nothing to do with the cruise i was like we're going on this cruise like it's you know it's fine not that I didn't think that coronavirus, because again, you just, this is before all the lockdown, right? right? Like this is in, we're talking February. Yeah. Maybe the end of January. I don't remember when we actually started talking about, when did this princess cruise thing So happen? they cruised on January 20th. So it would have been late January, but I really think it was early February that we were paying attention yeah, to and it. I, I will say, I think it wasn't until late January, February, where we started having these conversations about this trip that we that were going to be sense. doing in March. And I was like, we are going on that cruise because we just didn't think like this is going to take a year. Like, it just had no, no concept. idea. Even though we understood that it was, or I should say, we understood we didn't understand totally what. Uh, was coming 
there was definitely a lot. And then what was hilarious is we learned the lesson that we were going to learn day in and day out for the next year, which is whatever you think you are comfortable with, (laughs) whatever you think you're going to do, throw that out the window. Yeah. Because until you get there, you have no idea. And I remember thinking, and I'm sure everyone listening and yourselves included, remember thinking like, I'm going to get so much done during this two weeks. Uh, you know, this is this is actually not a horrible thing in the sense that, you know, we'll be able to like, you know, like do stuff around the house. And then how many times did you end up just sitting on a couch yeah. in sheer terror? A year later, I still haven't organized <laughs> my china cabinet. Yes. I mean, you know, like that yes. just hasn't happened I've a year done later. Nothing. Yeah. I stare into the void a lot. Yeah. Is that a is yes. that, is that pan- an activity? Yes. Is that a pandemic <laughs> hobby? That was probably like, you know, when I get a uh, an update from my phone every week that tells me how much time I spent online. Oh. I wish I had one that said, here's how much time you spent, you know. Engaging in existential anx- dread. <laughs> in anxiety. Uh, 64% up this week. Mm. But yeah, so like we had all of these notions in January and February. That once March arrived was right out the window. Cruises included, in fact. So, just so you know, yeah. to, t- to t- tie that story up, we we did this whole thing of like, do we take a cruise credit or do we get our money back? Because I was like, well, th- this could be over by the fall, and then we'll be back on a ship in the fall. So maybe we want to take a cruise credit, and then you know, again, slowly but surely, thing after thing. The choices were just made for us. Like, yes. you're not going anywhere probably for a year or more. Maybe forever. We had a cruise scheduled this <laughs> year. Right? No, like, if if we never get on a cruise again, it wasn't meant to be. I think yeah. we probably will. We've got one booked. Okay, we've got more than one booked for mm-hmm. years in the future. But we even had a cruise booked this year that we had booked two years previous. Yeah. And that cruise was canceled, obviously. Right. And it's just like, that's, you know... Now I'm like, who cares? Whatever we get somewhere, great. Isn't it weird, though, when you reflect on the past year, it is fun to go back to who you were in that time. Who you thought you were? Exactly. Or who you thought you were going to be. It's hilarious. Anyway, that's coming up. The last cruise on March 30th on HBO HBO. Max. It'll be very interesting. All All right. right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what do you do to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? We'll take your calls after this. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.